Thank you for joining us. We're going to continue our study of the book of Ephesians. This is part one of Ephesians chapter six. We'll be covering verses one through four today and discussing parent-child relationships. So if you'd open your Bibles up to Ephesians 6, we'll begin our study. Why don't we get started? I'll open us in prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you again for this group of guys, for the opportunity for us to gather together here in this office. I just thank you for your blessings in bringing us all together. And we do come each week, Father, because we want to learn more about how to live our lives in a way that is pleasing and honors you. We want to live our lives in a way that others can see you living in us. We want to be the light to others in this really dark culture that we live in now. And so please just open our hearts, open our minds, remove any distractions that we might have as we gather this morning and study your word. And I ask that you just speak through me, let it be your words, not my words, and speak through each person here as we have our discussions in a way that we can help each other grow. You tell us that you want us to grow up and mature. We saw that in Ephesians, and just help us to continue to grow, not just in knowledge, but in the way we apply what we learn in these sessions that we have each week. And we ask all that in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we've been in Ephesians for a good long while, and we're working our way towards the end. Sorry about my voice today. The allergies attacked me. The cedar finally got me this weekend, so I'm sorry about my voice. But we've been working our way through Ephesians, and you recall the first couple of chapters, Paul really helped us understand who we are in the church, how Jesus designed us to be part of the church, and who we are as being in the church. And we saw in chapter 4, verse 1, where Paul says that he entreated each of us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which we've been called. He discussed what that looks like. Even as I was praying, he even said, you know, you look down in chapter 4, Uh, verse 14 he says we're no longer to be children but instead in verse 15 we're to grow up and that's why we come and we dig into the word because we want to grow up look in chapter 4 verse 18 we used to be darkened in our understanding and excluded from the life of God just because of ignorance but now because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us as Christians We've had a lot that's been revealed to us and continues to be revealed to us. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And we saw in chapter 4, verse 30, that we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And we spent some time talking about what that meant, that we need to confess our sins to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. Verse 30 says we were given the Holy Spirit. It sealed us. And we saw also it was a down payment for us that was given to us as Christians. So we all receive the Holy Spirit as soon as we become Christians. And we spent quite a bit of time last week talking about, over in chapter 5 of Ephesians, what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, that isn't receiving the Holy Spirit. Every Christian receives the Holy Spirit as soon as they confess their faith in Jesus Christ. But being filled with the Holy Spirit We allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. We confess our sins. We dig into the Word, 
and we find ourselves in prayer, praying constantly, and that enables us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. And we saw in Ephesians 5, verse 18, it says, Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we saw then in verses 19 and 20, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, what do we see? We should be joyous. We should be singing. We see in verse 19. Our hearts should be filled with joy. Verse 20, we should always be giving thanks constantly for all things. So that means to give thanks not only for the blessings that come our way, but even when we're in the middle of difficult trials, we should be giving thanks to God and asking him to use that in a way to draw us closer to him. And then we spent most of the time last week talking about the role of the husband and the wife. And we started out talking about how the husband, you can see in verse 23, as men, we got pretty excited to see that the husband is the head of the wife uh, and thought, wow, I can't wait to get home and show that to my wife. But as we read, we have lots of responsibilities as husbands, and we are to love our wives and also submit to our wives. We have a role to help sanctify our wives, we saw in verse 26, so that we can actually help our wives become that person that we can then present to Jesus Christ on his return, having worked with her, teaching her the word. And so we spent some time, and I think we all felt we're falling a little short here, in that how much time are we spending directly with our wives, studying the word, really teaching each other? You know, we may wonder why it is that our relationship with our wives aren't the way they should be. And if you read these seven verses here that Paul gives us about what we're supposed to do, I think it can become pretty clear, at least to me, maybe the problem is not my wife, it's me. I'm not doing, I'm not living up to the responsibilities that God has commanded me to do in the way I'm to love my own wife as myself in actually giving myself to my wife the way Christ gave his life for me. And when you start looking at your relationship with your wife from that perspective, I think we all have some work to do, and we spent some time talking about that last week. We even looked at 1 Peter 3, 7, which even talks about our prayers can be hindered when we don't treat our wife in the proper manner. So if your prayers aren't being answered, you might look to yourself in the way you're treating your wife presently, and that may actually shed some light on why your prayers aren't being answered right now. So we all have a lot of work to do there. And so what we're going to see is Paul is now describing here in the last part of Ephesians three different relationships that we all have in describing how to be able to be in these relationships and fulfill our responsibilities in the right way in these relationships, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own. We need the strength of the Holy Spirit. So we talked about husband and wives last week, and now we're going to spend today talking about children and parents and then our relationship at work. So let's start out in chapter 6. And let me just first, before we get into this, I looked up, and there's been some research, I thought I'd share this with you, that actually some folks have done some studies on what makes for the very best parent-child relationship. 
And unfortunately, most of us, a lot of us here in this room, our children are grown, so we're now going to see where we have failed. But uh, <laughs> it's not too late. Um, Information that would have been useful it yesterday. Been useful. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> we can actually do this with our grandchildren, so uh, there's still hope. <laughs> what they saw in the very best parent-child relationships is the fathers were firm, but they were fair and consistent in their discipline. Okay, and we're going to see what Paul writes about this. Mothers, they had great supervision, but they provided a lot of companionship to the child, particularly moms that didn't work during the day. And then the parents demonstrated tremendous love for one another. That was obvious to the children. And then the families spent a lot of quality time doing activities together. And when you had those four elements, it really made for the very best family. And so let's read now what Paul says. I think we'll see that it lines up quite a bit with what this research has actually shown. Chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Now, you may wonder, what does that mean, first commandment with the promise? Let's look back there, and I'm going to be going back to Exodus a couple of times today. So keep your finger on Ephesians and flip back to Exodus at the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis and then Exodus, and go to Exodus verse 20 is what I want you to look at. Chapter 20. Chapter 20. Exodus 20. And so everybody remembers, honor your father and mother. That's the fifth commandment. But what is this promise he's talking about? And if you look at Exodus 20, 12 is where we see it. It says, honor your father and mother, and here's the promise, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So actually there's a promise there. There's a blessing that comes when we honor our father and mother. So Paul even goes on and sort of references that in verse 3 that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And so it's not too late. You know, some of us have lost our parents. You've heard me talk about the situation with my mom with her dementia, and she's unable to really communicate. But we can still honor our mother and father, assuming they're still alive. When's the last time you even picked up the phone or when you were with your mom or or dad? Just really thank them for all the sacrifices that they did for us as kids particularly those of us who have some older parents. But I think all parents love to hear that. And particularly now, I hope maybe we can all take that as a takeaway to the extent we have parents, or even in-laws, to thank them for the way they raised our spouse. We're called to honor them, and it's never too late to do that. If you had a difficult relationship with one of your parents, no time's better than now than to go and seek forgiveness. Tell them while you know it was tough growing up. Maybe you didn't act in a way that we're going to read about here, about parents. Did we always obey as kids? How did we treat our parents growing up? And I reflect back all the time about some of the things I did. And it's like, man, I'm surprised my parents tolerated some of what I did. And so it's never too late to go and ask for forgiveness and to honor them and give them thanks for everything that they had to give up to deal with us. And so we read on in verse 4. 
I'm back in Ephesians. Now, keep your finger in Exodus because I'm going to be going back over there. One, I'm sorry, one quick question. So of the Ten Commandments, that's the only one that has a promise associated with it, to my knowledge. So is the reference to First Commandment, is there just sort of other laws laid down that seem to come with promises outside of the Ten Commandments? Well, there's certainly consequences, even though Jesus came and fulfilled the law for us. So we're not talking about loss of salvation, but certainly when we don't obey not only the commandments but other commands that have been given to us, there are consequences Mm -hmm. in this life. It's not a salvation thing. Right. And then remember we talked about how that can grieve the Holy Spirit. It can keep the Holy Spirit from working in our lives. So there are consequences that we face here on earth when we're not obedient to God's Word. Okay, so, uh, and then I also want you to see chapter 21 verse 15 and not that we ever did this but this is really important too it says and he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death so that's a promise this honoring our mother and father is something that's very important and so kind of like last week we're thinking can't wait to get home and show this to our kids right now let's see how we've been fulfilling our side of the equation and father's Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So, boy, there's a lot here. Just two lines, but let's talk about this. First of all, I think about this all the time, even with my own son. And Paul is talking, remember when he wrote this, this was an entirely new concept in the Greco-Roman world, in the culture. Because there, the father, he had total authority total authority over the spouse, over the children. And now this is a new concept that Paul is really talking about. And what he's saying is really don't make unreasonable demands on your kids. There should be discipline. And just like the research that I described, it should be fair and it should be consistent. There should be discipline. But a lot of people take it too far. Some people live with parents, maybe some of you, who you never got any encouragement from a parent. It was always, you just were never good enough. And I think that's what Paul's talking about, is just continually being on top of them, never finding anything good that they've done. A little of that goes a really long way. And so finding ways to encourage your kids, while at the same time providing discipline is the way that Paul is talking about, to not provoke them to anger. And, you know, as your kids get older, particularly through the teen years, this verse was in my head all the time because it's like they're provoking me to anger hourly, you know. And then you think back about we were much the same way. So why am I going off the handle on my kids when they're just acting just like we are? But they need to know what the rules are. I'll share this with you. For those of you who do have adolescent kids, you go through those teen years and you just think, they're not listening, I'm wasting my time. And you see perhaps some of their friends, parents, that allow anything to go. I remember we had friends that they raised their kids. It was like they were going to be their kids' best friends. And so their friends were enabled to do anything they wanted, anytime. I mean... Shoot, they'd even drink with them. I mean, it was, anything would go. And of course, that was where everybody wanted to be, right? That was the party house. And yet, my kids had a curfew. They had to be home by a certain time, and they had a hard time 
that didn't seem fair at the time. But I share this with you because I was on a weekend one time with my son, and he was, I don't remember his exact age, but probably 20 or 21, and we were hunting, and so nothing to do but talk. And he said, Dad, I want to tell you this. When I was in high school, I thought you were the biggest a-hole of all my friend's parents because, you know, I knew the rules, but everybody else didn't seem to have as many rules as we had. And he said, now I understand why you were doing that. Actually, I understand it was a lot harder to do that than to just let me do anything that I wanted to do. And he said, I look at some of my friends now and some of the problems that they have, and I know it's because they didn't have that set of rules. And I just want to thank you for that. And so I share that with you to give you hope and to give you encouragement, those of you with adolescence still. And I think it's something we can all use with grandchildren to realize they're watching you, and you may not think they're listening, particularly as teens. You don't think they're hearing a word you're saying, but they are, and they're paying attention. And if we can be, like the research showed, if we can be fair and consistent, not overbearing, but fair and consistent, and provide encouragement, it's noticed. It's noticed. Any thoughts about that? What did you say back to your son? I told him that was the nicest thing that anybody has ever said to me and how much I appreciated him sharing that with me. And I told him he really was a great kid. We laughed about some of the crazy things that he did that he got in trouble. He never was really a terribly bad kid, but he did some stupid stuff. And we laughed. He laughed because every weekend, every Friday night and every Saturday night, I'd tell him the exact same thing before he went out. And he hated hearing it. I'd ask him, is this that night you're going to make that stupid decision that's going to change your life forever? Is this going to be that night? You know, you're going to have lots of, <laughs> lots of negative influences out there. Is that's this going to be one. the night? And he hated hearing that's it. A good, are you going up on the roof? Yeah. And yet, you know, he said, I hated that. Every time you tell me that, I hated it. And he said, I'm so glad you told me that every time because it just kind of made me think. And so don't give up. They're listening to you even though you think they're not. So we had fun telling old stories about things where he did stupid things. I'm sure this conversation is making Lane and I very excited for our future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Your best days are behind you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 15 more years, you're home. That's great. Yeah. But it does get better. <laughs> yeah, that's great. The good news is the more you can be the parent now, the more you can be the best friend later. Yeah. That's, that's really that's good. True. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts about how maybe we didn't do some of this too well? How much time do you have? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> My wife was kind to often, not often, it sounds bad. My wife was kind to sometimes um, tell me, you're exasperating the children. And I'd be like, Ooh, yeah, you're right. Right to that verse. Yeah. That's so true. Because I'm thinking, okay, they're this big, I'm this big, and here I am. So she was kindly, not always kindly, sometimes I needed a firm hand from yeah. her to right. help me realize fathers do not exasperate, as mm-hmm. my Bible says, your children. I mean, would you go to work a little earlier? I said, well, then I miss the kids at breakfast. And she goes, well, that's the point. I like to send them off on a positive note. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, I mean, look, none of us are perfect. I know there's a lot of things I wish I would have done differently, and I know we all probably, if we really reflect on it, feel that way. 
but it's not too late to set some of those things right. And it's not too late to even go to your kids and say, hey, I know I didn't get it all right. Just thank them for being the kid that they are and give them some encouragement. I don't care how old they are. I don't care if they're 20, 30, 40, however old they are. Just as we should go honor our parents, it's never too late to go give a little honor to our kids, and that will go a long way. Well, this is a good time for, to, uh, I feel led to for share something that I've shared with most of y'all before, and that is to write your kids a letter. Mm. And this letter is something I didn't make up, but it's entitled, When You Thought I Wasn't Looking. When You Thought I Wasn't Looking. And then you list off these things. And it can be for a birthday or Christmas, or you can do it for a parent or anybody, really. But for somebody that you really love, that you want to make sure that they understand how significant the relationship is, just a simple letter. And actually, it's an easy letter to write because you know the things. Yeah. You already know the things. You just need to write them down and share them with that person. That's really uh, a great mm -hmm. idea. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you pick up trash or stop a grocery cart or help somebody or, you know, and the person receiving it may not even remember it. Yeah. But you do. Right. And it's stuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you for joining us today. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to me at LarryO'Donnell.com. You can also sign up to receive this weekly podcast and my weekly blog at LarryO'Donnell.com. I hope you'll join us next time as we continue our study.